Hello, Texans, and welcome in. It's the Texans Player Show presented by Fuddruckers. I'm Mark Vandermeer with DP Sidhu, and today we have Kamu Grugier-Hill. I'm so excited about this. We visited, I don't know if you remember this, Kamu, but uh, we visited after a training camp practice, mm-hmm. and it was about 100 degrees, and it was a great five minutes, and I know those interviews are not the greatest always, but you were terrific. And I think, have you interviewed Kamu before, mm-hmm. DP? I have. Okay. In training camp. Same time. Super, super hot, sweaty yep. off the field. But he was great. Yeah. I he, learned a lot, which well, I have now. I have follow-up questions. It's been a few months. And I also watched My Football Story, which is produced by mm-hmm. Tyler Sudarth, who's uh, sitting not too far away from where we are right now here in the Didge, the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. And uh, I know you did that, so I learned a little bit more about you there with your background in Hawaii and everything, going to Eastern Illinois, which is a, it's an NFL hotbed. It really is. Surprisingly, right? Yes. I mean, do you know the the vast amount? It's not just Garoppolo, who I know was your quarterback no, yeah, there, yeah. but there are a lot of uh, NFL players it's, and It's coaches. crazy because when I got offered to the school, I had no idea. I actually mm-hmm. still didn't know probably until like my junior year like of how rich like you know and deep rooted like some NFL guys coming out of that school so I mean it was a blessing for sure you, absolutely I was gonna say he posted something recently on his Instagram where yeah. they hung up your picture that was crazy on a banner next to Mike Shanahan mm-hmm. and Sean Payton mm-hmm. outside the football stadium that's big yeah it was big I mean honestly I, I I never expected anything like that and for them to do that and it, it was like random they didn't even hit me up or nothing like I just I got a text <laughs> from like one of my friends and he's like hey dude check this out and I was like whoa it was Kamu Day yeah, in Eastern like, I was, Illinois. I was like, wow, that's pretty special. One thing that struck me is you're from Hawaii, and you had never been to the campus. They offered you, you accepted, and the first time you go, that's it. You're there. You're living there. there now, Eastern Illinois. It's crazy. Well, so like I said in the in the little video, I get offered, but I go home and tell my mom, no one in my, college, my family went to college. You know, we, we never really left Hawaii ever. Mm-hmm. And so we we could literally my mom could not point out where Illinois was on a map. We had to like we had to like we pull up the U.S. map and we had to like look like where is it? And then we're like, I was like that's too far. Like I'm not going there. So I actually told them no at first. Ooh. But then I didn't show up to the signing day, and the coach calls my mom and gets her on like some two hour conversation. She hangs up the phone. And we're like we're leaving next week. And wow, like, convincing. Right. Yeah. So well, um, let me ask you this. University of Hawaii, mm-hmm. no shot? I mean, there's no connection there with high school and maybe have a look at this guy? So here's what, like, really what it was. There's two things. I started playing real late, right? I didn't play my, any of my junior year, and mm-hmm. really my film was only from my senior year. And then so they know, I mean, I don't know if I should say this, but on the outside what we know is um, guys aren't going to travel away to, to walk on somewhere. Okay. You know what I mean? So right. it's like you're not going to fly to California to go walk onto a team. All you know right. what I mean? Like, so if you're going to walk onto a team, you don't have any scholarships, you, they know you're going to walk on to University of Hawaii. So, uh. I mean, I didn't – I guess they didn't value me at the time, and they didn't – They yeah, I didn't have an offer for So me. they saved their scholarships for the mainland yep, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, really. No, okay. it's really what they did. They, they changed that now. Now, like, they really kind of honed in on – on like growing the you know Hawaii athletes and the Hawaiians and stuff, but too many good players. Yeah, but when there. I was in high school, it was a lot. They would recruit only the mainland. Isn't football the biggest sport in Hawaii? Yeah, by for far, sure. by far. I mean, yeah. they play a little baseball, maybe a little yeah. basketball, but football's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really a Hawaiian is. sport. Had you ever left Hawaii before you went to college? I think I went to like San Francisco with my mom when I was like four or five, and I like mm-hmm. vaguely remember it. Like, there's nothing. That was all you'd seen. That in the was main the place. only time I've ever. Because it seems like a lot of people that grew up on Hawaii, they they're very content just staying like on the island or yeah. island hopping. It's very content. There's some people I know that haven't even left the island to go to a different island. Like, 
It's a very content. I mean, I don't blame them. It's if a I very, live there. Yeah. It's a very content lifestyle, though, for sure. Did you ever get island fever? Did you ever feel like you wanted to leave? I didn't. I did. It's funny you say that because I didn't until I left. And then people would say that. And then I would come back and be like, <laughs> you know what? Thing. Actually, I, I kind of want to get out of here now, you know? So, like, um, you know, you, you come here and you, you – you, I think I live the best of both worlds because I, I get to live in Hawaii and live the island life. And then I get to live in the mainland and go city to city, Nashville, right. you know, Scottsdale, wherever I want to go, Houston, mm-hmm. and I just live that life too. So, which island did you grow up on? So I was born on Oahu, moved to Big Island, grew up there for my most of my childhood, and then when I got into high school, got went back to Oahu. Okay, which is the best island you think to live on, or visit? I like Big Island a lot. Yeah, Oahu is it. Oahu's home. Like it really is. I'm building a house there. My all my family's there. It's home. Do they but, live near Honolulu or right around the suburbs or somewhere else? Because my, every my time, family? Yeah, every time I've been, you know, Pro Bowl or whatever when mm-hmm. it was there, it's a lot of traffic yeah, around Honolulu. It's not exactly. It's a city. It's a city. It's a you city. feel like you're in. I, I liken it to Miami meets Vegas on the beach. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, It's yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, Oahu's really, if you, if you cut it in half, the entire south side is is industrialized, traffic, mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. Honolulu city. But if you go to the other side, it's very country, beach-like, like mm-hmm. that's so... Um, you kind of get the most of the best, best worlds there, too. Um, but, no, we don't live in Oahu. We live in Aia. It's kind of – it's south side a little bit, but we're still, like, in the mountains. So, surfing, you did mm-hmm. some of that mm-hmm. as a kid. Tell us about that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's just – that's just kind of the way of life there, you know. So like, every week – yeah, every weekend we're in there. It's whatever. We, we would even grab McDonald's trays. We'd go to McDonald's, take the little trays, and use those as little boards, whatever you could get. Um uh, seriously, awesome. seriously, but you know, my my, my best friend um, is actually a pro surfer. He was just on a show talking about shows, um, the Ultimate Surfer. Sure. And, and he just won it, and he did the Whoa. whole thing. He, he was won on, the whole thing. He won the whole thing. He was on ABC, and so um, he's like the real deal, though. Like he's on tour, he does all this stuff. So. Are you good? Uh, that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to preference. Like he's elite. You know, what I mean, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, yeah, saying yeah. like that's like people saying like, oh, I played football too. Like okay. You know, like <laughs> in high school, like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can surf a little bit, but it's nothing, like, special. You know, speaking of famous athlete friends, mm-hmm. you you and I talked about this in training camp. You played volleyball in high school. Mm-hmm. His setter in high school was mm-hmm. on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's strong. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's still, he's still, he's so still. How, how good of a volleyball player are you? <laughs> uh, see, same thing. Like, if you're comparing <laughs> me to him, sure. I mean, probably not very good. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've played everything. Outside I, I just, hitter? Or, yeah, I've played okay. outside, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great sport. You know, it's a great men's sport in college. Mm-hmm. I actually did the Final Four once on radio in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was USC mm-hmm. and Long Beach and those teams, and I was with Penn State doing their radio. But it's a great sport, it women's is. and men's. It is. It's, I think it's underrated. And it's, and it's a, it really, for me, was just so fun. Like, I just had so – the way it started, too, like talking about this, like just how my family dynamic is, is every weekend we're at the beach, right? So we started just playing beach volleyball. And I was – you know, just started getting good or whatever. And then my family was like, just go play for the team. And I was like, all right, I'll try. And I just fell in love with it. Is it so different playing beach volleyball versus? Oh, yeah. It, it like, def- what, what, what is the biggest adjustment? Well, just the way you even jump, like the way you take your approach and all that stuff. Because it's like you're on a hard court, you know, like it's like, like basketball, right? The way you have to jump on sand is completely different. It's just the, the style is different. Is one harder than the other? Sand, beach volleyball is way I harder. would think yeah. so. I would think if you could do sand, beach yeah. volleyball, you could play volleyball anyway. Beach volleyball is harder. Yeah. For the women, it's an NCAA sport now. So yeah. my niece mm-hmm. was doing it for a little bit. All right, Kamu Grugier-Hill with us. Uh, and we'll get to the current state of affairs here with the team. But 
uh, a little bit more on you getting drafted by the Patriots because we were talking to Nick Casario about this. We were talking about the ones that got away, players that might have gotten away. I said, hey, he got away, but you got him back mm-hmm. here. So it, it's funny because when we did that video of you getting drafted, defensive back Kamu Grugier-Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk about your evolution there once you get picked and how you change mm-hmm. or evolve as a position player. Yeah, so the whole Patriot thing was kind of cool because, um, you know, I was doing some workouts coming out uh, for the draft, and one of the guys that came out was uh, Brian Flores, who's obviously Miami's head coach now, um, came and worked me out. I thought we, we – obviously we both thought it went well, and so draft day comes. We don't really know – you know with the Patriots, like you never really know. They don't they don't share anything, right? So, right. you know, me and my agents were kind of figuring out, like, where am I going to fall? Is it fifth round, fourth round, sixth round, seventh round, undrafted? Like we had really no clue. Mm-hmm. End up getting the call, and when it was the Patriots, I was super excited because Jimmy was there. You know what I mean? I was like, sure. this is a, this is great because I get you know I can have one of my boys there. We you know it's gonna be a great adapting thing and like whatever. But it was, I mean, even now when people say like, oh, you were a Patriots guy, I'm like, was I? I was there for three months. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I really call myself like when I think of my rookie year and stuff. It's like, like don't get me wrong, like it was the biggest blessing of my life. Like so appreciative and so thankful for that. But like. I was there for three months. Like, I was really right. a Philly rookie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you played. That's why I, I played yeah. in Philly for four years. Like, that was really my roots, you know, so. Yeah, and you were there at a good time to be yeah. a Philadelphia yeah. Eagle. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. And were you surprised, though, that it didn't last that long, that whole mini era right there, winning the Super Bowl and things kind of sort of come apart for the team? It, it's, it's you know, it's just, dude, I mean, Philly – is is gonna be a special place in my heart for a long time like the mm-hmm. fans there are crazy the city what we did there was special you know um but just there's there's some things that just happened after the super bowl that you just year after year was just crumbling down crumbling down and um i i'm surprised definitely it didn't last that long but i'm i'm not like super shocked yeah but yeah it, it it's such an interesting dynamic with nick Foles. Mm-hmm. you know he, he comes off the mm-hmm. bench you win the super bowl he has to come off the bench again we were there at the end of 2018 mm-hmm. and lost to them in a heck of a game mm-hmm. and it was Foles again yeah yep. that was when Clowney had the the oh hit him in the chest right yes he yeah. did and that was 15 yards and good night everybody mm-hmm. but that was you know it's just an incredible atmosphere yeah. there and everything yep, so definitely. a good place for you to be for a mm-hmm. while no doubt all right so being here Playing for Lovey Smith, what's that like, this system? I love it. I mean, this yeah. is truthfully a dream come true. I think, you know, um, I was, you know, as a young player, you know, I didn't know much about different systems and stuff because I was only in one system, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, now that I'm in my sixth year, I've been, you know, in three different systems. I get to see, I'm like, well, I really like this system. Like, it fits me. It lets me be able to just, just I, I think, just be the player that I know I can be. It seems like linebackers really like Lovey's mm-hmm. system. I asked him about it in the offseason because all the linebackers were saying this is such a linebacker-friendly yeah. defense. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we do things that I never even know really existed in football. Like, is that right? Uh, yeah. Like, just the way he allows us to play the game is, is it's fun. And he's moved you around a little bit because mm-hmm. he was asked about you in particular, and he said that you played Will, you played mm-hmm. Sam, you've done a couple of different things, that you have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Is that – do you like that sort of flexibility, or are you one of those guys that I, I just want to get to my position and master it? Um, you know, it's a little bit of both. I, I I love being able to do both because it just allows us to do, like, different looks, different things, and um, and all that. Um, but I do – I was mostly a will in training camp, and I loved it. Like, even when, I, when I'm when i at my the will position, like, I love it. Like, it's just – I feel like I can – 
you know, do my thing. But I do love Sam. Like, I love being able to go back and forth with you. So is it the freedom of the system a little bit? What, it, what really appeals to you? It really is just how aggressive, you know, he, you know, he allows us to be in pass and run. Like, it's just, there's no real gray area, you know. It's like certain certain plays we see a play and we're able to just just go and, mm-hmm. and you know, where in, in other systems it's like, okay, you have to do this, but you also kind of have to hold this here. And, you know, it's just, there's, there's some gray area, and I think they do a really good job of taking that out. I've heard guys describe it like this is more of an attack mode Very, and not yeah. so much of a stop and analyze mm-hmm. what you're seeing sort mm-hmm. of mode. Is that the defense that you came from in Philly? I know you've played with Philly, you played with Miami, but have you played in anything similar to this before that you can really compare it to? Not so much attack. You know, in, in Philly, the, the D-line there was so elite that they – Everything was kind of built around them, which is, I mean, obviously works, you know. Um, but here is, it's just the way they allow us to play from every position, the corners, safeties, uh, LBs, and, and the D-line, like, is very attacking. And not even just in the run. Like, obviously, you know, we, you see some plays, like, we're very downhill attacking in the run. Um, but even in the past, like, we're, we're jumping routes, we're doing all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's fun. What is it like when, all right, so you start with New England, you go to Philly, you're in Miami, you're here now. Being a professional football player, when you have to relocate, you know, mm-hmm. you just have to live somewhere else and work somewhere else. What is that like? Because you guys spend so much time in the building. Yeah. It's very much about the facility, mm-hmm. but you still want to have a little bit of a life outside of that. Mm-hmm. It's actually funny. Um, going to Miami from um, from Philly, I was kind of, you know, I was Going back to the whole Philly thing, it was like it was time for me. I was like, you know, I'm ready for a fresh start. So going mm-hmm. to Miami, I was kind of excited for that. And then when I was realized I didn't, I wasn't going to stay there. I was coming here. I was happy to be here, but I was like, I told my agent, I was like, bro, I need. To, well, after also being here, I, I fell in love with Houston. I was like, I need to make this home because one, like, I love wow. this place, and two, like, I don't want to move. <laughs> I don't want to keep uh-huh. moving again. So like, let's let's really like hone in here, and I'm gonna you know do my job and. And really make sure we can, you know, cut out something here. All right. So, what is it about Houston? Give us a couple of things that you like about being here. And why you decided to make it home? I just love you. Like, I don't. I love Texas, honestly. Like, I just yeah. love, you know, first the food here is unbelievable. Like, the people here are great. The just fans. Like, I, I, you know, got um, planted into a nice church out here that I fell in love mm-hmm. with. So I'm. I it's just. I don't know. It's just so like. Okay, honestly, it's it has like the Hawaii personality. It's laid back. Yeah, like for it's a big very city. yeah, it's yeah. very like the personality of it like just feels like back home a little bit. Y- you know why? Because he played in Philly and Miami, oh, which yeah. are yeah. two, oh, yeah. two of the most unlaid back oh. places. Yeah. Yeah. Even Miami for being on the beach. Yeah. Oh no, Miami's not. It's laid not back. laid back. No, no. Mm-hmm. you would think beach towns mm-hmm. are laid back, but he, I get what you're saying because I'm not from Houston originally, yeah. but. I, I love I love Texas yeah. too, but I think it's high praise coming from a guy that grew up in Hawaii <laughs> yeah. to say I want it. So you want to? This is where you want to live permanently? You think? No, well, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna live I'm in like, Hawaii. I'm gonna live in Hawaii. I'm like, has it edged out Hawaii? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's be my mainland home. <laughs> yeah, nothing's gonna ever replace Hawaii. That's that's gonna be number one. But uh, you know, I, I like Houston a lot. What's the best sort of food that you've had so far since you've been here? I mean, the list goes on. I, I literally have, like, it, in, in my notes, like, this long of just restaurants, and I hit mm-hmm. all of them, and they're all fire. <laughs> all right, so, so Tex-Mex or barbecue or a blend because a I'm lot a, of I'm places blend. blend them. Yeah. Okay, this might be unpopular. I don't know what anyone's other opinion on this is, mm-hmm. but I love Chewy's. Is okay. Chewy's underrated sure, or no, overrated? No, no, no. People, people, people like Chewy's, yeah. I like yeah. Chewy's a lot. Yeah. Is that, that's Tex-Mex, though, right? That's Tex-Mex. Okay. Yeah. And and I think people want who want authentic Mexican food. They come to Texas and they're like disappointed. But you have Tex-Mex, to have somebody show you. Yeah, it's like there's what, a what difference. What is your guys' opinion on torchies? 
Uh, love. 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 There's so many great places. Taco, taco places are the thing that I would That's miss if yeah. I ever left Texas. Mm-hmm. I'd miss like small t- breakfast tacos, lunch tacos, yep. dinner tacos. There's a bunch of tacos. I'll, I'll give you a list of taco places. It, it's kind of like on. a lot of places where a certain kind of food is popular. There's so much competition. You better be good. Mm-hmm. Like in New Orleans, right. you know, you, you're, you stay at some hotel and they have great food <laughs> because they got to compete with the restaurants yeah. around them. It's that kind of thing. Except for Philadelphia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know the what? Cheese, I, I can't like The food in Philly is actually pretty good. It's not and You bad. wouldn't think so, but, like, they have, like, these, like, I don't know. It's like very Italian restaurants that are like really. Oh, good. Yeah, I can see like, that. You know, like, I can see that. I don't know. I really wanted a cheesesteak when we went up there, and I don't I, remember if we ever got one. I think or they're kind of overrated. That's what I had heard, so I think we were just. I agree. That that's guy. a regional. That we could do a whole show on regional foods, regional foods that, yeah. that are yeah. overrated. <laughs> You're no like crab cakes in Baltimore. Okay, you know I like a crab cake, but it's not that mm-hmm. great. You, yeah. know? you you spend time in Boston, so yeah, it's probably right. not. Well, that's a little compare. bit different too. Yeah, clam chowder and that sort of thing. Uh, but playing for Flores or being with him mm-hmm. in Miami, how similar was it to what you learned in a short amount of time in New England? Uh, I mean, not. He's kind of done his own flavor. Really? And yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's very similar. They. I mean, the the defense they run. It's. I, I mean, from what I know, seems a little similar. But I mean, he he he's his own man. Do people make too big a deal about the culture of things? Because we talk about the Patriots culture sometimes, and then you have people who used to work for that organization, and did they take it with them or do their own thing, like Brian Flores mm-hmm. or here with Nick Casario and Jack and everybody else? How do you see that part of it? I, You know, it's interesting because people always say that in, when it comes to the Patriots, it's like it has – I almost feel like it has like this like uh, like negative connotation on mm-hmm. it. Like where it's like so like, oh, like it's miserable and – and but then I think it's just about like it's coaching trees, right? Like if you look at the Andy Andy Reid coaching tree, like Doug Peterson came from there, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, uh, well, Cully, Cully Co- came Coach Cully, yeah. um, mm-hmm. even the the both of oh, why am I blanking? Um, Jim Harbaugh, like you John know mm-hmm. those guys, and like I guess there's something to be said. Like you talk to other teammates or like guys that are on those different teams, and you know when they talk about practice, like dang, it sounds kind of like my practice, you know. So it's yeah. like I. It's hard to say, like, is it a bad thing because it's just kind of what they learned, you know, and it's just, I mean, it works. It's just kind of who they are. So when you played the Patriots uh, on Sunday, were there a lot of teammates or people on that side of the coaching tree that came up to you or remembered you? I know you spent a short yeah. amount of time there. I but. mean, I mean, being in it, you know, six years now, you kind of just know players just from playing, you know, so much, so many times. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely guys, you know, like Dante Hightower, Matt Slater, like all those guys. I mean, I was in the room with Hightower. I was his rookie, you know. So, mm. um, you know, those guys, him and Jamie Collins and all those guys, it was, it was cool to oh, catch yeah, up with them a little bit. Oh, yeah, because he's back there too now. Mm-hmm. Do you like practice? <laughs> I, I think that's a loaded question. No, I just wanted – I mean, some, some – because I hear from some people us. that they love practice. But to me, football, it's about game day. Because the old saying is, uh, you pay me from Monday through Saturday. Sunday I give you yeah. for free because it's the game. Yeah, I think I, I think I would be lying to you if I said I loved practice, <laughs> but I understand it's a necessity. Like you need to practice, you need to watch mm-hmm. film, you need to like you know put the grind in throughout the week, and your results come on Sunday. Because I can't imagine doing nothing all week and then going into the game blind. You know what I mean? It's just, I just, that would be a little stressful. There's just so many different times in the game where I'm like, okay, this is the one from practice. Like, let's, you know, so yeah. it's a necessity, but coaches, do I love it? No. No. Okay. Well, co- coaches talk about having like a, a good week of practice and mm-hmm. a bad week of practice. As a player, do you, 
do you have a sense of how the practice week is going, how the game is going to go on Sunday? You know, it, that's that's always so weird. I think um, if I'm being truthful, I can only speak for myself. Like, I know if I have a good week of practice, I feel confidently going into the game, you know, like just mentally mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, and if I have a bad week, not that I, I'm not confident, but I'm like, you know, there's just certain things that I'm like, oh, let me let me double check on that. So I don't know because – I've had a bad week of practice and had a good game, and then I've had good game, good week of practice, and then have not so good game. So I, I don't know. Is it more of a mental thing, I like think studying it's men- for, like studying for a test? Yeah, whether like or not you feel prepared. That, exactly, that's what it is. It's like throughout the week, really, you know, feeling prepared and going to the feeling good into the game. That's I can only speak for myself on that. I, I don't really know. So is a TFL or a sack or a pick like what is the most satisfying play for you? I mean, it's got to be forcing a fumble, I guess, or some some kind of takeaway. But what do you think? I mean, there's no better play than I think getting interception. Mm-hmm. That is. And you almost ha- you've been uh, so don't close. Don't talk to me about it right I, now. I I can imagine. Me. I can um, imagine. Yeah, I mean, any play any play you make is is going to be a big play, and it's it's there's no better feeling. That's what's so addicting about football. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's. I think that's what keeps guys in for so long, and why guys truthfully have trouble after football because mm. there's it's not it's a feeling and it's for lack of a better term like a high that you get that nothing else will give you you know when you make a play and everyone's screaming and you know it's but interception is probably pretty up there he does lead the team with in tackles for loss right now well it's hard not to notice i say yeah. your name all a the lot. time <laughs> you know and it, it's it's just Really satisfying, obviously, for the fans to see that TFL. But I would imagine mm-hmm. for a player, it's just one of those yeah. great plays. You're I behind mean, the line of scrimmage, yeah. and you know there they are behind the sticks, which no offense wants to be. Yep. They always talk about that. The yeah. Texans' offense talks about that. I was going to say, second to the interception is definitely. I think you know, obviously, well, TFLs and sacks. You know, when you come free or you 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 diagnose playing, you just shoot it, and I mean. So the you mentioned you're thinking about certain things going into the game and and what you practiced. There have to be games where there's no thinking. You're just playing free, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Those moments yeah. where it's just it's just me playing the game. That's mm-hmm. got to be so rewarding. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a for me, that's when I feel most at peace. You know, when I'm when I'm really thinking too much and stuff, I I usually have noticed that's when I kind of have my my you know, worst games is when I'm trying to, you know, jump different things before I'm premeditating things and and that's a, one thing I really love about Lovey's uh coach Lovey's uh defense is it's really rules based. So not that you would ever do this, but like you could really go into a game with no film and, mm. and just read keys. You know, like they give us, they're so good about like knowing where our eyes are, knowing where the keys are and just allowing us to play fast that it, you know, that's why I love this defense for real. Are you impressed with how many takeaways this team has, this defense has forced and near takeaways this defense has forced? It's it, Well, yes. I, I wouldn't say impressed. Like, it, it's been the standard since the second they came in. But, like, we really should have more. Like, there, there's sh- so should. many that, like, we're left out there right On now. The and that's, that's what's more but even crazy then, But even then, like, yeah. the number that you've gotten, like, we didn't see hardly any takeaways last year. Yeah. The, the Texans were last in the league. So, we'd heard them t- talk about it all yeah. offseason. We saw it in preseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know a lot of people were thinking, okay, but let's wait till the games start. But yeah. it's been sustainable mm-hmm. yeah, no, for the absolutely. most part. I mean, that's, that's probably the number one emphasis in the defense. When in, the, in any room we talk, anytime we're talking, anytime Coach Levy's talking, the position coach is talking, it's always about takeaways. So, And we've seen the ball through some hands and things like that. Well, but, you know, these guys are ripping it, yeah. right? It's <laughs> yeah, easier yeah. said than done, right, yeah. to grab one of the – especially at close range-ish, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
We'll try for more on Sunday. I mean, I think it's so impressive that you guys get your hand. I mean, I think it's it's always a big mm-hmm. play when you even get your hand on the ball. Yeah. Obviously, the play's dead, but mm-hmm. um, I'm sure from your point of view, to actually get the takeaway yeah. is is. I the just goal. think that that's we can take that next step. You know, like f- fully finishing those plays, and I think that'll just you know a big issue on our team right now is like we're just not finishing. You know, what I mean, like we, even that Patriots game, like we we're so close. And we're just not able to finish. And I think it's the little things like that. Like, yeah, we, we're joking about it and, it, you know, getting our hands on ball and stuff. But, like, those are game-changing plays. You know, if, like, you catch yeah. the ball, if you know, say in the Bills game, I mean, you know, give or take. But if right. me and Christian ca- catch those two balls, like, who knows what happens? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It changes, it changes the momentum. The momentum it changes sure. you know, field position. It changes Well, everything. you guys so. hung in there. I know it was a tough day for the offense, and I know you guys are all a team together, but you guys hung in there nicely. Yeah. It was uh, You were within striking distance mm-hmm. through the third quarter, really. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't get going. All right, Camo Grugier-Hill is with us, and we'll talk more about his life next. Also, plenty on the Indianapolis Colts coming up on Sunday. Next up for the Houston Texans, a noon kick at Lucas Oil Stadium. First of two meetings this year, second game in the division this year. The Colts had their hearts broken on Monday night football by the Baltimore Ravens. How about that? The Colts going back to Baltimore. It was kind of weird, interesting. I don't get too disappointed when the Colts get their hearts broken. Let's have more with Kamu Grugier-Hill next on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show here on Texans Radio. It's the Texans Players Show presented by Fuddruckers. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you. Kamu Grugier-Hill is our guest. And as we established in segment one, he's from Hawaii, went to Eastern Illinois. Oh, here's one for you. You go from Eastern Illinois, you get drafted, you're with the Patriots. And I know that Eastern Illinois has produced some players and everything, but what was it like for you to be up against that kind of competition in training camp and just being around NFL players and trying to make your way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, the first thing I ever noticed was just the speed of the game, for sure, when I first came in. Because, you know, in college, um, I was kind of able to just run around everyone and just make the plays, yeah. you know. <laughs> but when, when I, I was like, all right, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. My first practice didn't work. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, everyone's fast. Everyone's big. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a learning curve. How about the fact that you're facing Tom Brady in practice? Was that – That was probably – Was that like a big – NFL fan moment for so, you? So or that's what I'm saying. So for me, me, I'm really not like one of the like fan guys. Like I don't really kind of get like starstruck like that. But it, not so much Tom Brady, but for me coming from Eastern Illinois, you know, and, you know, the, the, coming to the NFL was really only um, true for me like my senior year. Like I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it was a goal for mine, but like the reality of it only came alive like my senior year, right? And so everything just happened fast. Like um, finished the year, did the combine training, got drafted, and then now I'm in New England, right? And Bill Belichick calls me in on a one-on-one meeting. And I remember sitting there at the desk with him, and he's, you know, just talking to me, all this, like, all this stuff. And I'm looking at him, and I'm not retaining anything he's <laughs> saying because I'm just, like, kind of like, Belichick. oh, my gosh, this is Bill Belichick, you know? So that was, it's always a story I always tell because it was funny moment for me that's like mark when he ran into bill belichick in the elevator once at yeah, the, the owners, owners meetings. meetings yeah uh, he was really nice he was really it was yeah. completely different from the press conference oh yeah yeah, yeah. He, was, he was super and you know we've all seen him on that football life where they go over the 2009 season they yeah. were spending time with him then and uh, he's completely different than he is in the sound bites mm-hmm. that he gives where it's just yeah that, i'm really fired up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> super bowl championship but so you don't remember exactly what he said. That but, should go over well in practice. I know, right? 
he was he was well i know he was talking to me about because like like they said you were talking about how when they announced my name it was db right right Defensive back so that's what we were kind of talking about because he was like you know i'm not really sure we're, we're going to play you at if you want to be a safety or um linebacker so that's that was what the conversation was for like the first 30 seconds and then i was out <laughs> so is that when you changed to linebacker was during well, that I, time so no i always played linebacker I, I actually it's funny people always i don't know i always like tease the NFL about this because I'm like you guys' scouts are so good but you say that I played safety before I'm like pull up film of me playing safety oh you've never I've played I've never safety. played safety I played more safety snaps in the league than I did in college well, what was your size in college so that's the thing I was always like I was like I graduated high school at like 185 I played my freshman year at like 195 and I graduated at like 210 okay so, so they I was always a box safety or something yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. But okay. that's still a linebacker build. His well, height it, is a linebacker well, build. Well, it's also the evolution of the linebacker position, yeah. right? Because how did you have to change your body once you got to the league? Or well, so, was it so during that, your training so, for Well, combat? that's the thing. When I first got into the league was kind of the the notion and, and the new era of, like, these, these you know, more athletic, lighter linebackers. Like, it really mm-hmm. was, like, who really set it off that I noticed first was um, Deion Buchanan. Because he was a year older than me, and he got drafted to Arizona, and he was like 210, and they started playing him at Mike. Mm-hmm. And so that, for me, was kind of the, okay, like there, we can mm. actually do this. But the issue was when I got to Philly, they didn't like – that system was about like bigger linebackers and stuff. So really my first two years in Philly, I was at like 215, maybe like 210, but I was only a special teams guy. So they, it didn't bother them because I was just, you know, mm-hmm. being able to like fly around and stuff. But then after that, they're like, all right, we, we want you to start starting on defense. So they like, they're like, we, you need to put on weight. So I got to like 235. I think Whoa. I played. Yeah, it was bad. Wow. It was bad. Like, I'm a <laughs> did you feel slower? I felt terrible. You did? Literally, That's I felt. a lot of weight. I felt horrible. What did you eat to get to 230? Every, everything and anything. <laughs> yes. Cheese like, steaks. seriously, I was like so unhealthy. It was not good weight. But then like, I, I got hurt that year. But like, I played through the whole year with an injury. And then my fourth year, it was just I tried to do the same thing, and my body just gave out. And like it was just mm-hmm. I, so so coming to Miami last year and now, like I play at I play at 220 mm-hmm. here, and I love it. I feel like I'm still strong. I can you know still run like I I'm I feel like how I did at 210, and but I still can kind of have impact like I do at 235. So I love it. I Is love it hard to now. maintain that number? Uh, you you go down or mm-hmm. up or well probably yeah. not up but it's probably yeah tough. I mean I I mean if I'm Especially being in this heat I would if imagine. I'm being very transparent I think like there's some days I'm 225 and there's some days I'm 215 so wow. you know I, but but game day I make sure I have to be you know 220 222 ish around but like there's there's definitely some times where it's it's hard it's it's, fu- it's funny because there's some guys who have the opposite problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no <laughs> I gotta seriously. keep it down mm-hmm. how did, how tough. did you go from how did you get down to the weight that you wanted? Did you make a concerted effort or just over time? Did you sort of find that? Down was, to the weight? Yeah, no. like did you just discover that this was the weight you wanted to be at or did you say so, I need So what happened was um, when I was at 235 and then I I forget what happened. It was like my fourth year. Oh, I, I ended up hurting my knee in training camp and I missed the first four games. And I dropped down weight like accidentally to like 225. And when I came back, I was flying around like playing really well. And and the thing, the thing that didn't make sense was they, they weren't, like, satisfied with what I was um, doing on the field. They would, like, you know how we weigh in here every Friday? They mm-hmm. would just see that weight and be like, hey, you got to put more weight on. Like, you know, it wasn't oh. like they were concerned about, like, me getting pushed yeah. around or well, something like that. What about all those tackles? Exactly. That's what I was saying. So, <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah, like, I'm, I'm working on I'm working on it. 
but like in my mind, I was like, I feel better at at this weight. So I would kind of, I would, I was giving them a little bit. Like I would get to like 228, like closer to 230. But then I just kind of kept that in my back pocket. So when I left, I'm like, that's the first thing I told the Miami coaches. I was like, dude, I, I really want to play at 225. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And then when I came here, Coach Lovey was like, you don't, we, you can stay at 220. I'm like, oh, even better. I'm ready. Because they, they want you guys to be yeah, athletic and yeah, run around a exactly. bunch. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like everything about this system, I'm just like, this is literally. Mm my dream come true all right so you're not old but you're not a rookie anymore mm -hmm. either so how have you evolved in nutrition and mm -hmm. things like that that you do to take care of your body i think you know it's just a big part of everything is just getting on a routine like i know what i can and can't eat now you know i'm not a big foodie like hey i need to have this strict diet but you know like certain things like i do no sugar no dairy like it's just really broad and basic Gosh, um, how do you do that's that? That's it. That's it. That's it, Mark. Just no, just no sugar. No, no sugar. No dairy. 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 That's what I eat. <laughs> that is, that's half of my diet, yeah. too. <laughs> that means no hard. ice cream. Does that, does ice cream fall into that <laughs> no sugar cheeses, and dairy no category? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Dairy is definitely um, the bigger one. Sugar, I mean, it's hard to, you can't cut out all sugar. That's like almost impossible. But, um, right. you know. How did you decide that dairy was going to be the thing that you cut? Do you just feel better? So I did one of those tests where it was like a food sensitivity test. Mm -hmm. And so I saw there's certain foods that, you know, affect my body or like cause more inflammation. And mm -hmm. I don't think I'm lactose intolerant, but like dairy, like I could, before I even took the test, I knew that it was like I could, I could have ice cream or a milkshake or something and, and I would be, it? I would be, you know, in the bathroom for like the next <laughs> 30 minutes. Like, so you probably definitely you know had I mean? something. There was just something on. like that. I could yeah. just feel, or I would go to practice mm. next day and I just feel like, why do I feel this way? You know? And yeah. like once I, I was, it was almost just trial and error. Like, mm. you know, you take one thing out eh, and you know, and then, so when I did that and took the dairy out, I felt good. And I was like, does anybody on this team eat so well and you sort of marvel at the way they eat and maybe you're not going to do a, it, but I you, have a guess, but I'm going to see if I'm right. Uh, you know, uh, the only guy I can actually think of is, is Christian Kirksey. He, he's on like okay. this like strict kind of diet because, you know, he's had some, some issues in the past that, mm -hmm. you know, he, he did kind of the same similar thing where he did a test and so he's on a pretty strict diet. Um, but nothing, it's not too crazy. Okay. I was going to say David Johnson. Cause I just remember in training camp, we had this survey of which HEB foods do you want? And, and he wanted the vegetables. Really? Oh, the just, veggie tray on the, on the bridge? He wanted the veggie tray. Do you remember that question of all, which, oh, one, yes, which two? Yes, you it yes. was like brisket. Yeah. It was like salsa, guac. Yeah. He picked the veggie tray. He was, everyone was mad that there was a veggie tray even <laughs> as an option. I had a teammate in Philly that would literally eat vegetables. I'm talking like eggs, and it was like a salad. Like that was his breakfast. And I was like, everything was all vegetables. And I was like, how do you live life Was he like the kicker? This? No, he was Jordan <laughs> Matthews, the, oh, wow. the receiver, yes. Okay. Like, this guy is next level with nutrition. But, like, I don't know how he lives life like that. Like, I'm just like, I would be depressed. <laughs> That's, is that like, do you guys have an off-season and an in-season diet? Does your diet change much? Yeah, I think I'm more, I, I'm more conscientious, or, or conscious about it when I'm, um, when I'm in-season, for sure. Off-season, I mean. That's when you're eating yeah. all the tacos. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our guest is Kamo Gruget Hill. We are presented by Fuddruckers. They do have some dairy products there and some sugar. Okay, I know this. Burgers, <laughs> shakes, all of it at Fuddruckers. One more segment coming up. we got to get to Indianapolis on Sunday. Road game for the Texans. Noon kick. It's Texans Radio. Kamu Gruje Hill joining us on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you. All right, back out on the road. You have the Colts on Sunday, Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm -hmm. And 
Since you're relatively new to the Texans still, let me just introduce you to my feelings about this, Kamu, because I hate the Colts like <laughs> poison, okay? This is the Texans' nemesis. Mm-hmm. Now, the Texans, the Colts actually haven't won the division since 2014, mm-hmm. yet they have a winning record against the Titans and the Texans during that time. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And the Jags. They have a winning record in the division since 2014, but they haven't won the division. And it doesn't matter. I hate them. We've had some tough days with them. This is the big rival. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Uh, your thoughts on Indy as we go in? Yeah, I mean, we watched the game last night. Um, and I think, you know, this is a game we, we, we need, you know, we need to go in and, and you know, really apply pressure and, and do whatever. we got to come out win on this weekend for sure. Does it help you to have the familiarity with Frank Reich and Carson Wentz? On the opposite side of the ball, um, does it look? I mean, I'm sure I know it looks different than it did yeah. when, when you were with Philly. Um, you know, Carson's a good friend of mine, so um, <clears throat> you know, we've obviously been together for a while. But I, I mean, you know, different, same thing. It's like that would be like you know him playing against me. I'm in a totally different system now, and and you know, playing differently. You can tell he's doing things a little differently. So, um, I don't know. Is it strange though when you see former teammates, former coaches? I mean, everywhere you go, there's former people yeah. that you were associated with with another franchise. I mean, the NFL is really just a big fraternity. Like that's yeah. really what it is. You know, it's um, that's what I learned throughout the years. You know, so many guys. I mean, there's guys on this team that I played with in Philly and you know in Miami. <laughs> you know, so um, it's really all it is is a big fraternity. If you didn't, you said that you didn't really have the NFL right in the crosshairs until your senior year of college. If there was no NFL, what would you be doing right now? <laughs> uh, probably like construction back home or something. Really? No volley, no volleyball. Yeah, I don't know. Or... I don't know what I. Yeah, I kind of. I was. I was one of those guys. Who put all his eggs in his basket. And I was yeah, like, I'm going with this. We gotta make it. <laughs> what you What you study at Eastern Illinois? Uh, kinesiology. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. You had said in your my football story that you weren't a great student. Yeah. Did that change in college? No, it, didn't. <laughs> it probably got worse. <laughs> You know, I, Mark, you don't know this. When I, I was in Kauai this summer, and mm. the server at a restaurant yeah. just randomly asked if we were from San Francisco, uh, because I'm Indian, maybe they have a lot of Indians that come from San Francisco. I said, no, I'm from Houston. Then he asked me if I like the Texans. And I said, I do, yeah. because I work for them. And he said, do you know Kamu Gruje Hill? I, I was a linebacker with him in high school. Oh, cool. And then he told me a story about you walking out on a math test. <laughs> no, he did not. I was like, oh, I'll, Wait, was I'll it, save that. Was it a little too much? <laughs> the, 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 the math the, test? He was, he was, la- he was just, la- no, he's just like, well, I, he was done. He was like, I don't want to take this math yeah. test. Though. That's a go. strong move, walking out of the math <laughs> test. I, listen, listen, I cannot I've tolerate this listen, test. I've had enough. I, my mom used to come to school with like a tissue box and like we'd be in the principal's office. Because I went to private <laughs> school, right? So it's like they could like kick you out and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And, I mean, the stress I put my mom through, I'm like, literally, I'm, so- I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. Was it calculus? It was, what was it? No, I mean, it was probably, like, basic algebra. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was geometry, but or I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't believe he told you that story. He did. I made him write it down because I said, I'm going to forget all this. I have his name written down. That is too. so funny. Yeah. It was, it was funny because I think it's just such a, like you're saying, a fraternity. But I think that Hawaii – Football player fraternities even smaller. Oh yeah, they definitely. really root for the guys no, that yeah. make it into the NFL. Yeah, Hawaii is a very you know the culture there. It's doesn't matter who makes it and what. I mean, we have like 
you know, pro uh, MMA fighters. We got pro surfers. Mm -hmm. We have um, pro baseball players like Colton Wong. Um, anyone who's like goes and you know is successful, like Hawaii, really jumps on their back and you know is rooting for them, no matter what team. And it's it's pretty awesome. What do people not know about Hawaii who don't live there? People who just see it on TV, yeah. vacation paradise. But what do people not know about Hawaii? I think, you know, a big issue with that is people, like you said, see the TV and the beautifulness of it. And, and you know, I get to see the – and it's, it's something that I want to help back home is just, like, how bad the poverty for the locals are. Mm. It's really, really bad. And, like, honestly, not even that. Like, the public school, private school deficit in Hawaii is, like, horrible. Like, really? if you go to public school there – and I have nieces and nephews that are in, in public school there. And it's, like, they, it's almost you have no shot. It's really bad. It is really bad. Mm. So, you know, for me, especially, you know, I'm trying to figure some things out now, but like going forward and like that's something that's definitely on my heart is fixing, you know, the school systems and how the locals just, they kind of get pushed out. It's, it's like the tourism industry is booming so much there, yeah. but uh, it, it feels like the locals are, it's like everyone's making yeah. minimum wage yeah. or something and that's it, what yeah. they're, they're sustaining themselves on. It, I don't know if they are, but it just, yeah. it does seem like the people that live mm -hmm. there, the housing mm -hmm. and you know, you've got these big, beautiful resorts, but mm -hmm. the the locals are living in you know yeah. these these small, old, older homes. Yeah, know? it's 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 it is it's sad. sad, but you know, it's something uh, I want to definitely be a part of helping that for sure. Tourism and agriculture, right? Pretty mm -hmm. much the tourism number one for sure. Though. Number one, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And there is some agriculture still, obviously, but hmm, interesting. Well, you'll have that opportunity, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But you're way far away from being done with your NFL career. Yeah, thank you. we got another decade plus here, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure. We look forward to catching up soon. Have a good one on Sunday. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. There's Kamu Gruget-Hill. Great visit with him. And next week, you'll just have to wait to find out because we're not sure who's going to be on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show next week. And I want to point this out. We will be giving away some gift cards to Fuddruckers next week, and we'll set you up for that. Wanted to do it this week. Didn't happen. It's going to happen next week. We're really regretful in a way that we can't be at Fuddruckers in person this season due to COVID stuff and the tier system and the protocols and all of that. But someday soon, we'll all be together again. And I can have a milkshake. That would be wonderful. But uh, next week, 6 o'clock, join us for that. Texans All Access coming up next, followed by Texans Replay. Also, go to the Texans app for everything regarding the team, all the great videos, articles, etc. Ticket information, no home games for two weeks, and then the Rams on Halloween. That is going to be awesome as they come into town. But the matter at hand, noon Sunday, the Colts, it's live right here. The Bull 100.3 FM and the Texans app as well. One other programming note, and that is about our TV shows. On Saturday night, ABC 13, this is after the news, which is after the college football game that you probably watched. Check out Texans Extra Points, and that's immediately followed by Texans 360. That's an hour block of TV programming while you're chilling on Saturday night. Check it out. And then Sunday morning, Texans game day, that's on KPRC too. We're all over the place. And at any given time during the week, you might catch us on Bally Sports, formerly known as Southwest Sports from Fox. See, we're everywhere and on the Texans app as well. All right, have a great night. Stay tuned. Texans All Access coming up. Go Texans!